Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Zeke, say hello to the folks. It's been a couple weeks. It has. Hello, hello. Sorry for any uh, breaks in service, so to speak, but we're trying to get back on track here. I had to work. Uh, It happens to the best of us. I will take the brunt of this one. I had to focus on the day job a little bit, and sometimes our bourbon night hobby gets... Put on the back burner, but we appreciate you guys understanding and to get or and tonight we have a very special guest, a member of the Delowry family, founder of Filibuster Distillery out of Washington D.C. is coming into the Dad Trinket Bourbon Studio to spend some time with us and share some whiskey. So thank you very very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I mean it was a pleasure, and I have always followed you guys. But um, this is an opportunity for me to come and tell you and share my stories. I feel so bad because I've already messed up the open twice. So you're seeing behind the curtain, whatever you follow us, and you, you must think we're so polished and we're just ruining it for you tonight. I think so. Polish never shines. It's, it's what the real raw <laughs> things which shines, right? I wouldn't go that so far about being polished either. Can you guys tell he's a salesman? Can you tell he was out selling whiskey today? I have to, right? I have to pay my bills. So the distillery lights are only on because I am right selling now. <laughs> if, if you could stick around and help us with PR all the time, we would appreciate it. So, Well, with the two kids and a wife and a kid, you know how hard it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a fellow dad drinking bourbon over here. Two. 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 Yeah. Two. Seven and four years. So you are through what what we always like to bring up the kids. So I'm 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 a, I'm a older dad here. Yeah. I'm an advisable dad. I can give you all the advice in the world. Any advice for the terrible twos? Enjoy it. Enjoy this, it. This will go away, and you will you will you will forget about what what happened last day. Enjoy it every day, every minute. This, these are the these are the moments you just need to enjoy it. So I will tell you that we both started when when we started this whole thing with our kids being younger. We started recording. We would get over here about eight thirty. Then that moved to nine. Then that moved to nine thirty. Now we're pretty much at ten o'clock because I know I fought with my daughter for an hour to get into bed tonight. And uh, didn't get to leave till like 9. We tried to get her in bed at 8. And I think I left the house at 9.15 to come set up. And uh, Zeke got here about 9.30. So it's... It, it, oh, I was on normal time. Normal time? But but it moved. Maybe I was late, actually. No. I, I was like 10. I came in at 10.30. Yeah, but we told you that. We told you was to it? come Okay, I just yeah, thought that no, because no. that was the time I could come. No, no, no. <laughs> we were, we're, we're, we're late by all means, but... I wouldn't call it the terrible twos, John. They're fun. Yeah. At least my my twos have been fun. Oh, I'm I'm three quarters through. I have a very independent young woman who likes to tell her opinion. And I mean, everything. When when you go up the the stairs, she goes, no, 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 daddy, shut the gate. And she'll make you, you could be halfway up the stairs and she'll point down to the bottom of the stairs and you have to go shut that gate or she's going to let you know about it. 
you know i i remember those when she was two but now she's seven and i have a different <laughs> f- battle i have to fight every morning with her Either what way, to wear not to wear that <laughs> and uh, her her hairstyle changes every day so we i mean i used to do her hair now i can't do it because i'm not allowed as i'm not a stylish so moms have to do it or grandma has to do it well, my two-year-old has already gone into, no, 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 daddy, mommy do it for everything. So I used to be able to read her stories, do things like that. And she'll just push me out and say, no, 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 daddy, mommy do it. John, you need to do a better job before yeah. somebody else pulls you out. <laughs> she, she already leveraged you hard. I, I laugh. I see the leverage in it because I've been there. I, just, I laugh. I only no, get the, buddy, you're not upset. You're just trying to leverage one of us right now, and we're not going to fall for it. And you smile real big. I don't know. I'm a sucker for my daughter. That's the thing. If we have, I it's it's the best memories we can have. It. I think so. I think so. If I, if anybody says, "What's the best decision you have done?" I said, "Start a business and have a family." Well, that's a great segue, and I agree with you, but. Let's talk about your business because you founded in Washington, D.C. You guys started off as a liquor store, right? Yeah. So um, as we, I come from uh, a computer background. I'm a computer graduate. As all, uh, I never got a job into computers. So my only option was to work hard and do something. So we are an immigrant family from India just moved into the country about 12 years 12 13 years ago um, and started working in a liquor store so started working in a liquor store worked there for about an year or two years actually yeah worked in about two years and was hoping to get into my real world one day which was computers but it just never turned into that and uh, this opportunity came over at Modern Liquors, which is uh, in the, on the 9th Street in Washington, D.C. So we bought, as a family help, my dad, and uh, we bought that liquor store. Once we bought that liquor store, um, we tried to turn that liquor store, worked in that liquor store for about seven, eight years. Uh, once we worked there for about seven, eight years, my brother joined me after six months or eight months or something like that. So he, he joined me. So it was um, now we already have a business going. Why don't one of us start exploring some other opportunities? So I took a step ahead and started doing filibuster distillery. Yeah, because whiskey was our passion, our store. Uh, um, if you ever Google, or uh, we have great reviews. We have uh, some very old whiskeys which you hard to find, because we always had a passion for it. As my first drink in my life was, guess what? Was whiskey. It's it's got to be a Scotch and though. Black label. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I spent a lot of time over in India. It, it probably was a Scotch. It the only be. thing you, the only thing I can ever find over there, bourbon-wise, is like Jack Daniels or Maker's Mark. Yeah, I think um, the last time I went in there, I just found Jim Beam. Maker's Mark is was a very rare, like puff lanterns over here. Yeah, you know, like 
Maker's Mark would be one off at some places, but Jim Beam was everywhere. So I was at the double, you know, the double tree is going to have the makers. Yeah, like a lot of places would have a lot of other, uh, there there are other brands as well. But um, let's, if you talk about India as a market, it's it's a completely different market, you know, and I don't know too much demographic of that at this point of time. So I don't know. But I do know I like Kingfisher. Oh, it's, (laughs) yeah, uh, I, I like, I, that's that's my staple to go in there. I would like to just drink Kingfisher, nothing else. Yeah, I'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll get back to your yeah. But Kingfisher is a hell of a beer. You know, it's a, it's a great beer. Yeah, Kingfisher, it's a great beer, um, and uh, yeah, I, I grew up drinking uh, Kingfisher and Black Label. <laughs> <laughs> so. Coming back to, so once this whole thing was set up, the, the liquor store was doing well. So me, my brother, my dad, we all decided that, you know, why have a disguise employment here? One of us can uh, uh, start something else. Let's explore the opportunity of something. So whiskey came naturally to us because me, my brother, my dad, we all had a whiskey passion. And we all like to drink whiskey and always had a whiskey palate. So, um, you know, as a bit when our business started, we used to do, we used to buy everything. Uh, we used to source, as we call it, a sourced juice yeah. <laughs> in so-called media world. Um, we, we don't knock anything sourced. We, we've had plenty that we've said were uh, some of our favorite pours. As long as yeah. it's good, we don't care where it came from. So... Uh, so, so Fullerbuster, when we started off, we used to get all our uh, made in uh, Kentucky because we were not sure are we ever going to make a second batch or not. And we, we didn't raise any capital. We just in, used all our savings into buying, I don't know, was it first 10 barrels batch we bought it? <laughs> so we, we kind of used every saving we had from, um, from MGP um that's how we started off so that was our first foray into the whiskey world um that went very well then um, we started uh, we bought our distillery in 2013 so that was just a warehouse we used to we were still sourcing our whiskey in 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 early 2013 but then slowly the whole project took a shape and it's it started working in in towards a distillery because we were we were born in DC. We we wanted to be in DC and do it because DC is my I, I call it a hometown because I love that place. I that's how we started off. DC was has been always very kind to us. We're uh, not very political on this show, but DC is not kind to a lot of people. But DC is very kind to people who are kind to them. <laughs> but I would just think in, in D.C., that's the type of town that needs a good drink. And if you think there are, there are a lot of uh, I, I, I don't know. I think so. Per capita, D.C. is up there in drinking. I would assume I, so. Yeah. Right? I, I, yeah. I don't know exactly what's the per capita. We can we all have a computers here. We can Google it real quick. But if you think about it, I mean, some of the if you think about what comes out of D.C., I mean, now you have Magnus coming out of D.C. You have. Jack Rose, which is one of the preeminent drinking destinations yeah. in America, 
there's a um, you know you guys are out of DC. There there's a lot of good stuff coming out of DC, and if you think about those areas that are popping out outside of you know Kentucky, Tennessee. You really think New York has a strong presence now. D.C. is starting to have a strong presence now. So it's really interesting, right? Yeah, that's what it should be, you know. Um, So that's what the filibuster, when we started off, we wanted to have the sense of belonging that where we are from. But unfortunately, we have to move out from D.C. because our whole idea is that where you belong to, your water is the main source of making a whiskey. So if your water, you can you can have a, a treated water or you can have a water from your source. So where we are in our Shenandoah County, we use we have two wells in our property. One is a 700 feet well and one is a 400 feet well. So that's that's the reason we moved from D.C. to Virginia because of the high limestone water uh, and uh, using that. Better than going to Detroit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> so, you is it a space issue as well, though? Being able to... I mean, I have to assume that the real estate is not cheap to warehouse and age barrels in... We, we never got that far. I think so when we laid out the project, we consulted with a couple of people about the water source and without everything so it just came out to be the most important factor of making a great whiskey if if you look at the 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 whiskey world look at highland lowland scotch world island lowland isla that's all it's all the water source what you source from there it's the peed from isla which comes in that's the sea which is right there you go um, the reason why Highland is Highland is because they are further from sea, the Islas. Kentucky is Kentucky because of the water source, because they are on a very big limestone water. So same thing we wanted to have where like New York bagels are New York bagels. You cannot, you cannot copy that. So, so that people try. People try it. Yeah. So that's why we, you know, like if, if I would have been in DC, there, there is nothing wrong. I can just put a little arrow, strip everything off, put your yeasting, and you're done. But we didn't want her to do that. We wanted to be where we really belong, you know, have that water quality when you can get that. If we didn't have it, we didn't find it, then I would have made a new story. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first... I mean, you guys contracted some of this, the juice in the beginning. And then you started laying your own stuff in 2015, correct? Uh, for, yeah, 2015, yes, you're correct. And I believe what you're putting out now is one of the things we were talking about before. Previously, you had 20% of your own distillate in there. Later on this year, the next batch, you're going to have 50%. But coming the beginning of next year, it's going to be all your own stuff. Yes. Right? So I have to assume that by trade you weren't a distiller so did you have to get some help in this process or was it something that you just researched a whole heck of a lot how how did you start you and your family start doing that so one of the major factors i think so retail industry uh, all the people who are listening to you or who are who if they are retailers 
they would agree with me or the restaurant buyers will agree with me that the amount of practical knowledge we guys have or we we grasp from because um in a retail store i have about 10 people coming and visiting me and telling their stories telling about how they do the stuff um so you you learn practically too much you know going to school is very important and everything but it's a passion what you really have to have to do it so for example i learned uh about the distilling and mashing from a couple of people who came and told me about how their whiskey is different than the other and they would somebody would come in and talk about how their cognac is different from other somebody would come and talk about that how do they filter it or why they do use carbon filtration instead of chill filtration so this is all i i i, I gathered practically so i'll tell you a very interesting story we when we we set up our plant july august was a date where we had to start distilling it we hired uh ex course brewer to be our distiller because he had the basic knowledge he only have to have so we went in he went into a couple of trainings uh then he was um greg matiz who came over from mgp he he actually went through and told him all the process so middle of july this guy i think uh thought about it that i cannot work into the small distillation world because i come from coors and i need everything organized uh and and small businesses are not small businesses are like okay when you open the door you have to do this you have to do that you have to do this you have to do everything right you all hands to, on deck all hands on deck and this guy was um i think it was 10th or 12th july he said i cannot do it and uh you know i quit okay so i was sitting over discussed with my family my brother my my brother was there my father was there and we all were sitting there and said you know and i told them i said you know what no matter what happened i am going to put the stills on on 1st of august <laughs> if it would happen it would be i'll just blow up the whole place <laughs> <laughs> that would be the maximum it will happen um because i But went, it didn't it didn't i'm still alive yeah. so it's still it's still working so so when, was it you that did it or yes, did someone it was you it was were me. the first one to turn the still on i was the first one to turn the still on um because i had a practical little practical knowledge by when the distiller came in and he was showing how everything do it but i was like very hands on uh, i was available there so first of august well you buried the lead by the way cuz that's a hell of a story that you just went and turned it on like- i just turned it on um um uh, my major fear was boiler the first couple of weeks when i went in there i was scared that i w- i was in an impression this will blow up yeah because we have a very big boiler we have a 15 psi boiler it is it is not a small joke it is it is by almost 200 square feet of a boiler in that room so the big not not to jump ahead right but the big question i would have is so you've had some stuff now that you've distilled mm-hmm. and you have some stuff that now your your next distiller that came in has distilled. Mike Reynolds will be very happy to know that I am telling on the podcast that uh his stuff is better than mine. 
But but have you tried like yes? Is it going to be a limited edition? Your uh, so what will I call it? Follow Buster's first batch sucked. <laughs> <laughs> No. So, no, no, no. I, it's like uh what was it that um what was it that the wild turkey had how can you do mistakes oh there's no mistake i mean it's whiskey it's good it's I good oh, i love wild i i i honestly no, forgiven wild turkey forgiven where they had um you know they had, uh, I think so. It was. Um, uh, I've heard of the release. Bourbon and rye Mashville something got mixed up or yeah. something. Got, uh, there was a mistake in there the was story. A, yeah, they they were supposed to distill bourbon instead of rye the way it distills. Something happened, but it, it's good. It's good. Wild turkeys, all stuff is good. So, so to complete that story, uh, so I ha- I pulled up some six months old sample just for that so when i distilled it friends and family came over we all tried it and everybody just thought that i was given this this thumbs up and pat on the back that you did the best whiskey ever made in this world and i was so impressed and so confident that like you know you're like don't hire anybody i can i can't do it but it was just like i had to come back to the sales um we as a company as i don't know we are 100 percent family owned there is not a dollar a dime still taken from an investor or from any third party. So we wanted to keep that thing going on as we are a very traditionally backwards <laughs> immigrant. <laughs> so we want to keep everything as much as we can have a control. So um, finally, we I distilled it. They all like it. Why whiskey? Um, you know, all the parameters which were told to me that you should, it should have this, this, this. It seems to be, I've covered all those parameters. Um, so I put everything into the barrels and um, put it, pulled up a samples in about six months. When I pulled up the samples in six months, it, uh, and it tasted very good. I was very, very happy because I've tasted some good, some very good stuff, some little good stuff and some not very good stuff. So I thought it was a little over par. I mean, if it's not the best stuff, it's not the worst. I was happy with that. Um, so when Micah Reynolds, who's my, who's my production manager and the, our distiller over there, when he distilled his stuff and his six months old compared to my stuff, mine was sucked. Mine sucked very bad because his was all <laughs> done in a prop. There are only four controls in the still. You yeah. know? Like there is only two for your upper vapors from lower vapors. One is mid vapors. So there is only like four controls. You know, I mean, I was the one who really did a bad job. I, I think so, with one control, you can have the same outcome. I, I think so. I didn't touch up. <laughs> I didn't know about the one control. That's why. So he, um, when he had his six months, we tried both together and the normal consensus was, uh, nobody wanted to tell me on my face that this is Sid Yar is not that good. They said, well, this is okay, but this is better. <laughs> <laughs> so are you gonna, um, I mean, I, I would think that somewhere you need to save some of that right so that you you know you always have it the it, stuff you back it was distilled. it was it was distilled uh so some of the batches were distilled on my daughter's birthday so there were i think so there was um the barrels which was there were six barrels which were laid on my daughter's birthday six or nine something like that 
so which I'm gonna hold for her uh, and uh, drink when uh, when she is is legitimate to drink it when she turns 21 is 21 yeah yeah <laughs> one of my my favorite things is um heaven hill has something on their tour and it's called bad bourbon it's a 24 year old bourbon that smells amazing and then you taste it it's not good so i just i i hope that when your daughter is of age that may it be a good tasting bourbon and may she enjoy it it's because. a very it's it's a decent bourbon. I, I mean, the reason why it is not you're not selling it right now, and you're no. a salesman. <laughs> I, it's not a very bad whiskey. I mean, the parameters. Are, see, you know what? To make a good whiskey or a bad whiskey, it all about it all starts from ingredients. What ingredients you use? So uh, we are contracted with a local farmer. Uh, every drop of grain we buy, we buy local. Also, if you go on to our website, we it's clearly, all Virginia, right? It's hundred percent Virginia. We clearly mention it's not you know no hanky panky stuff you know that we all say oh we buy from a local farmer, but nobody knows where the local farmer is. Local farmer can be <laughs> in Kentucky because you know he's we, local to somewhere. It's it's he's local, but we don't like we we are very when we do things we'll do it right. We were very open on our, when we source it, we said we are sourcing, but now we are not sourcing and we are very open to it that, okay, we do not source any more whiskey and we do not, we have stopped sourcing it. So we we bought all the grains from a local farmer. The the content of that grain is, is very good. You know, it's grown in Shenandoah. If you look, Shenandoah was known as a breadbasket of the world at one point of time i don't know whether it's still not there or not it's just because of a higher mineral the limestone quantity quality to it well and i'll, I'll just say you guys i mean in going to the website you guys are pretty transparent with everything from your mash bill to you know the aging to the finishes that you put on it um, and everything that you just said about who you're working with i i do in this day and age where marketing is key, um, I think there's something to be said about being authentic and then being very transparent and saying there's something that um, Zeke always makes fun of me for is there's Roaming Man on a Sugarland distillery in East Tennessee and they give you your the whole gas profile. They give you a little sheet and it shows where in the distilling process all the gases are going and I can't understand the dang thing, but Zeke, you know, I'm just like, he loves they tell to us. stare at it. He's enamored. He's like, look <laughs> at how amazing this is. Which, look at how much they're telling us. And then, you know, I do have somewhat of a mildly chemical background from undergrad and early farm, but it's like, okay, John, well, what does this mean? Because I'm looking at it and I don't understand a bit of this. And I said, I you're know, supposed to tell it's me. It's amazing, isn't it? And I'm like, but what's it saying to be amazing? Look at it. It's amazing. See, that's what happens. You just tell them. <laughs> what is it? Whether you understand or not, it doesn't matter. It's Somebody's telling we, you. We, we had a similar conversation earlier before you got here. The, the renters left these uh, hot fries. And I eat a fair amount of hot fries. I'll admit it. These tasted pretty novel to me. I'm like, John, you got to try these. They just don't taste like hot fries to me, though. They, they say they're hot fries. He tries them. Yeah, okay. Like, have you heard of this? Is this local or not? 
the, the bag says Andy Caps. He's like, Andy Caps. Yeah, I don't think they just sell those in the normal spots. Usually at gas stations. Well, what normal spots are you sourcing out hot fries, buddy? The grocery store. Hot fries. Hot fries? You've never got John, it. that's a gas station thing, man. I don't know. I think so. It's a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got a pretty good laugh. And he's like, no, you don't find them at the normal spots. Those, those are the ones you find at gas stations usually. Clearly, we got to work on your, your game here, John. I have no game. Your, your hot fry game is slacking right now. <laughs> you, would think, you would think as a fat guy I would be all over the hot fry game, but I'm not. If, if anyone knows where Andy Caps is out of or if it's local to a certain area, please please, uh, please let us know. Please let us know. We're, we're intrigued now. But let's bring it back to filibuster here because there's two mash bills, right? So you have the, the 60% corn mash bill that comes with 21% rye, and then there's a 75% corn mash bill that you guys are working with right now currently, right? Um, our bourbon, what the bottles, what we have and what we are trying is, the our bourbon is 75 con, 21 rye, and 4% malted barley. Uh, this is a mash bill what um, Greg and Ray Foreman from uh, when they came in and they showed us. So we, we followed the, their pattern right away. Uh, we are working on two different other mash bills. Actually, one, sorry. For the bourbon, we are using now a little wheat in our mash bill. Ooh. Um, so that is... So are you doing like a four grain? Yeah, or? it is four grain. So we're using corn, rye, wheat, barley um, on, on our bourbon. I do not have exactly a specs on uh, exact percentage. I can give you a rough percentage, but I, which I don't want to. Uh, so we will we'll get up on, on that. Uh, on the rye, uh, we are using, again, it's a four grain rye. Uh, we are using wheat uh, and corn into our rye uh, mash bill as well. And um, you have great, I do just have to say these bottles and you guys will see a picture that we'll put on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but they're, these bottles are nice, tall, and skinny. So if you're thinking about skinny, cabinet space, Skinny and tall is always good. If you're thinking about cabinet space, it really I'm thinking you about something fit. else here. <laughs> tall and skinny. It worked, it worked <laughs> me well before I uh, had kids. Yeah. I was I was always tall. Never <laughs> um, I always want to be skinny, but just never got it. So I always I always feel better to see, see skinnies. Yeah, There's too much good food in the world. Let, yeah. Let's start talking about this though, or let's start drinking this, right? Um, which one? Do let's you want be to pour start the with? first filibuster bourbon. Yeah, so uh, I like to go bourbon, rye, uh, boondoggler, and we will go with the finish. And then we have a special treat at the very end. So yeah, we have a sherry through. cask as well, which yeah. is, I found a bottle today at uh, one of our friends. Uh, Turok down at Elixir Spirits. Yeah, and uh, you can get at um, the sherry cask at, uh, at Modern Liquors oh. and Elixir. Yep, the only uh, two stores, right? I think so, yeah, that's the only two stores. If somebody else has it, um, you know, spread the love. That's a, that's a good uh, that's a good sherry cask done, and it's a, it's the, it was done in a, a fresh empty barrels right off the boat, so from Hidalgo sherry. Alrighty, so let's try. There's bourbon here. It's right. 45% ABV, Who's 90 going? proof. This one at the time, what it says on the barrel, is that it was. 
what it says in the barrel is it was 70% sweet corn, 20% rye, 10% nutted barley. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting fact that I wanted to bring up that it's not malted barley. It is malted nutted. barley. It's a nutted malted barley. So that, that's just a, we use a little different word rather than using a malted barley. It is a malted barley. But I think there's a little bit of a nut taste that comes through with that barley. Um, this one, and, and I've been sipping on all four of these as we've been going through, the finish on this bourbon is probably the most unique out of the four that we have here. And it's very nice. I mean, it's very good, very right. nice. So, um, as I said that, you know, I started off my career working in a liquor store. So what my understanding of the whole project was a practical experience. Uh, you look at a... Sh- so when we started this project, the reason why we want to do the finishing, you look at a scotch selection, all right? I mean, it will start from sherry, bourbon, ex-bourbon cask, new bourbon cask. There is a lot, lot happening over there. All the sherry cask, all the wine cask, all the Madeira cask. That's a lot of influences over, over that. Um, okay, fair enough. Why is that? Because barley is more neutral. And you need to impart a little bit more flavor to to really get that. But bourbon, on the other hand, it's a corn has a lot of flavor in itself. Barley you cannot eat, but corn you can eat any day. So our challenge was that okay, we want I want to bring a little different character to the bourbon. Uh, so bourbon as a as a history, we have corn, rye, wheat. Barley, mash bill, dist- fermented, distillate into four years into the barrels, wax it, non-wax it, black wax it. That's about it. That was the whole industry. If I sum it up, that that's the whole industry. But so when I wanted to start off this project, I was like, I want to bring up a little different character with the bourbon. You know, I am. Yes, I know the wheat has that quality. Rye has that quality. But why can't we extract a different kind of sweetness? So that's why we use a French oak barrels. So French oak, these comes from a limousine from France. It's the used wine barrels. We used 100% Remy wine barrels. Wait, you mean so they drive it in a limousine? Yeah. It, it comes in a limousine. Over the water. And, it's like that Jane Bond amphibian thing. Yeah, and a big limousine. You can't, <laughs> you can't believe it. Like it's, it's a 40 feet container it comes in. <laughs> limousine is smaller. This is a bigger limousine. No, but I, I know. It, it's that's it. I was. I mean, that's what we are here for. We're not. We we're actually here to have fun. Yeah, have drink. Um, you know, we're not. We're not here to do a. Uh, I don't know competition. Yeah. What do I call it? I don't know. Oh no! It, it's it's all a competition between Zeke and I. You haven't. Been, <laughs> you say you follow the show. You actually haven't been following. Uh, maybe I, I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> no, John. Remember he came in. He he said that you didn't have a broken palate. He didn't believe it. <laughs> hey. How's that ETL doing? (laughs) That was actually one of the questions. I put out questions for the show tonight. So I will just go on a little tangent. But And and our friend Ryan Lay, this tangent is for you. He hates when we go on tangents. But we did a blind tasting because we taste most of our whiskey blind. And um, just no bias. So we'll, we'll know that we'll have four. We'll taste them all blind, see which one we like the best. Zeke always hated... Elmer T. Lee. We did a Buffalo Trace blind tasting. Guess what Zeke's number one was? Elmer T. Lee. 
the the one he hated. Yeah, the one he said he hated was actually his favorite. Still not a fan. He says that. Uh, it's 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 a personal palette. I think so. All the and, and are... Zeke's personal palette. Before you go any further, Zeke's personal palette is is biased towards Elmer Tilly. <laughs> Just so you know. But continue with continue with the bourbon. Now that we've got it out there, how much Zeke likes Elmer Tilly. Let, let's talk more about your bourbon. So this one, uh, it's a 75 corn, 21 rye, 4% malted barley, and then it, it gets finished into a wine barrels. It's a combination of red and white. Uh, it's a 60% red wine, 40% white wine. Uh, we leave it about close to 60 days in a wine barrels. Uh, that is enough to extract that sweetness out of the wine barrels. Um, and that just gets the roundedness. Because bourbon itself has a lot of flavors from the chard. It stays four years into a chard oak barrels. Um, and we use a combination of three and four number chard. We also use uh, air dried and kin dried barrels. <laughs> Zeke has an air freshener that just sprayed in here. It works on its own. Yeah. Kind of tooted. Some mist came out of it. Just... We thought we got a couple of friends who can who came to drink. Tootie would be the, the, the right word. That's, that's Bush League in the South. <laughs> well, so what what do you get on this bourbon? What, what what are your notes? I thought the nose was very sweet. I got um, French toasty. Um, maybe like a golden gram somewhere in there. But honestly, just a really sweet, uh, enjoyable nose, to say the least. Palette. Uh, first hit, it was really thin almost got like an apple tart i thought and then it seemed uh to me somewhat cognacy which i think would be from the finishes but that range was interesting though then i thought missing was a a thickness uh, you know, the just depth a, just the just the large like heavy feeling on the palate where you can just chew and really work into some flavors over time and i think that i mean just being honest right a lot these offerings are all going to be 90 proof so when we really dig in and you know we did have that sherry that we had was a cast strength and i think there's a difference in the finish on the the 90 proof it's a little bit shorter doesn't linger as much doesn't chew as much as that sherry that was 100 and what was it i have it written down it was 117.47 proof so there, I think you get that difference there in the proof on, on what lingers. Not saying a not saying a ninety proofer can't linger, but I think there's a, a longer linger in that cast strength cherry. But I would say to what Zeke was saying, the the finishes, it's such a unique aspect to it when it's done well. And we were talking about that before we went or before we started recording that when you have a good finish. And when it adds and complements the whiskey rather than kind of falling off and taking away from the, the whiskey, I think that means the world. The whole idea of a craft industry should be to bring a different character because it defeats the purpose of being a craft if you are not following your passion and you're not doing something different. Let's go 10 years ago. Who would have think that IPA is the is the biggest category in the beer now? 
uh, who would think that okay beer was always like a drinking a pilsner bird light miller light that was the whole thing but uh, if somebody comes up with a happy ipa said what is this and i i don't know the stats at this point of time but i would say the ipa would be the number one seller or close to that the, the whole beer industry period. still budweiser well uh, um, i mean it amazes me like sure you know bourbon rye whiskey whatever followers we we have things we chase and things we probably spend more money on than we should but at the same time the the folks that really get in and dive into beer i mean the lines for those are exponentially more than almost any bourbon release and uh, i don't know i guess to me where my i always get hung up it's, it's a beer you have to drink it right then yeah but uh, we bourbon can save this bottle and drink it three years from now see um this is a whole evolution in industry it all started from uh 70s 80s where a lot of new wineries came into existence that what when when the really california came up and stood up to the competition of the world and then now beers are are are, are the one so we're hoping that one day people will especially people who are always behind one product i do not i, I somehow not in a favor of that you know give a chance to smaller distilleries smaller craft distilleries why are you just running behind that four names and because it's it's just a name you know half of you or half of would have not even tried it and they said oh you know and they just run over that four or five different brands give give it a chance to the smaller craft distilleries yes i think so our craft industry would also have to come collectively and come up with the study pricing you know i mean uh, some of the craft industries are very expensive which because all most of your stuff is under 50 bucks right yeah uh, my my whole idea of is i will get one opportunity in my life to convince a customer to buy this product if i am not able to do that i have lost that customer and if i lost one customer i'm not losing one customer i'm losing 16 customers because a one bottle gets 16 shots and maybe he's sharing up with his 16 friends so i i i try to be i'm actually working on as are my whole distillery is 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 worked on on a such a nice parameter where i will keep dropping the price because my as my production increases and today i am i'm doing 7 days of production with 3 barrels every day um i have same overheads i have same everything so i'm trying to work uh, a, a, a nice parameters my distillery was set up by uh, an ex jim beam um, production manager he is the one who you know set it up few things like putting an agitator on each fermenter what what difference does it make it has made a, a three or four gallons in each batch does it a, it's a big amount yes if you calculate three gallons on every batch it's a few more bottles every batch yeah three gallons is what roughly seven bottles yeah roughly i think so i mean i didn't go to school so i i can't yeah. tell you the math <laughs> <laughs> no you know how to enter it in a computer <laughs> yeah I, I will do it a, com a, a program can analyze it <laughs> you can you can make an algorithm <laughs>
wish yeah, I but, wish but, I would have been that uh, brainy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but better margins, no matter wh- where they are, it's still a margin. Yeah, and, and that I can better understand. Better is always good. See, that's why that I can understand. Where is the better margins? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's Tr- trim go, the fat. Let's go through this a little bit more. I, I don't want us to to be rushed on this. The the rye is the one you want us to go to next, right? Yeah. Are we done with the bourbon? I think so. Did you give your reviews? Yeah, I mean, we we both were saying. I, I was talking more about the finish, how sweet it was. Uh, I think the finish really comes through. We were we were talking about tasting notes. Did we get through all of them, Zeke? Hell, I don't know. We got through enough to say we liked it, yeah. and and I, I think the finish was more unique for most bourbons. I would have. I I could really taste those. Not as tasty again. It's um, to me somewhere between. Apple, cognac, and um, some barley resonate as well. But I, I get those three as a profile. Uh, I'm a pretty good unison. When you get a little bit of an apple and the tropical, basically what you're getting is a malolactation because we use a Chardonnay barrels to finish it. It's a used Chardonnay barrels. So the malolactation sometimes really stands out. You get more tropical apple, peach kind of it. That's the uniqueness of this bourbon that you i mean you try every bourbon what you get is a lot of cherry that's vanilla that's the two characters we all are bought and for it but the unique character what you get with this bourbon is the tropical flavors of it that is from uh, a white wine barrels so that that is something that is something like you really feel this is a difference so when you're doing a blind tasting Maybe because if there is a 20 bourbon of Shinado's sitting and drinking, they think uh, it's it's different. So, you know, probably they'll say, I don't know what is it. Yeah. So do I give them everything or do I say it's bad? So that that's that's what I would request everybody who drinks any craft product. Be open. Do not give a suggestions for being on that just be open and try what is it you know and just give your feedback in this is different that's what the craft industry we all should survive and to do it we all should look after to do this and i I think that's the same thing with the rye i mean you, you can taste the finishes on everything i mean there are characteristics of the rye and i'm kind of going more at a high level here because i think the tasting notes here are, are not as granular for me as they typically would get. I could really sit there and, and sum and try to pick out every aspect of it. For me, this is more about the experience with the finishes. And that, that's at least what I'm getting, right? Is that it's not the, the typical rye I would taste where it's going to tingle my tongue. It's going to, you know, there, there are aspects when I have a rye that I go, that is a rye. I think this finish is a heck of a lot smoother of a ride than I would normally get. Um, and there's almost that that fruity, finishy component to it that you, you were discussing is I almost get, like I, I just get notes in here that I typically would not get from a ride in the, the sense of those aspects of the finish in there. I, I get... It's hard to explain exactly what it is besides, you know, unless I were to really sit down 
and analyze the pour and have about a half an hour to sit there and enjoy it and sip it and nose it and go back and forth and do yeah. all that. But the um, it, it's like fruit. It's a fruity rye that just... It, I think it would be really good in the summer. That's something that Zeke and I talk about is what type of, you know, what time of the year would you really enjoy something? And I think rye for us is something we think there are winter ryes and summer ryes, just like there's kind of winter bourbon and summer bourbon. This is something I could sit out on the deck at night and just really enjoy and really get behind. Yeah. Um, the best way of this rye is also that a little drop of water and, or, or a rock it it keeps on opening this is this is like a mystery thing so like terroirs to winery it's a uh, it's it's a barrels are two whiskies so when you put into different barrels it just extracts a lot of different flavors it's a character zeke what do you get on this one um nose wise it moved some uh, i kind of went from an initial um honey cinnamonish e with some heat almost um I wrote down boozy apple pie. I don't know. I kind of went there for a moment. Palette wise, that one hasn't ranged as much as the nose did going back to it. It's just a very consistent balance of spice, secondary to barley. Um, almost with the barley, it kind of leads into some kind of graham crackery ish. Um, and when I say secondary, I guess I mean some kind of ratio. Like, 70 30 65 35 spices up front um, and then that mellows in to the barley flavor that comes out of it uh, finish was almost on the exact same wavelength i guess so to speak um, but the barley hung around not the rye which i know you're a big uh, kentucky hug guy when you get into your rye so maybe no, not on the rye it's more on a cow strength is that Either way, tries tingle my tongue. Either way, I, I know you like the right, John and Z. the hug. Also, one on the day. What's your five favorite rice? Oh, that's that. Five. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Half of them would be MGP. Not, nothing wrong, and they do a good Honestly. job. So, actually, I think my favorite rye is a craft rye. And I'll, I'll be completely honest, it's uh, H. Clark out of Thompson Station in Tennessee. So it's, it's a local craft guy here. He does a barrel a week. So right up your alley, you'd like this guy. It's almost a peanut brittle rye. And he, he's, he leans towards um, brewing first and foremost. So it's, it's very much a malted rye. So it has that malted characteristics and you get that malted peanut brittle rye that's really, really good. Um, I like Kentucky Owl. I like uh, 13th Colony Rye out of Georgia. Um, MGP Rye, right? So the the Whistle Pig stuff, any, anytime you find Whistle Pig that's out of Indiana, that stuff is really, really good. That's four. And then, uh, I mean... Definitely like your rye. I'm not saying that because you're you're here. Um, but I Pikesville, and then oh, like the Michter's Barrel Strength Rye has kind of been one of isn't our, it? Yeah. No, we 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 generally say as far as a uh, 
maybe not a gold standard, but our, our litmus test rye for most ryes would be uh, Michter's Barrel Strength. Honestly, just as far as consistency across the board and the dots it hits, it, it's by no means the best rye, but for the price, findability, if someone was going to set up a blind of rise, I would say put Next that year. put that in it. You know, even if you don't like it, when you have it alone, I, I would like to see where it fares. Uh, personally, I, I really love the ride that's uh, that Willett's putting out right now. Their their four year small batches are very very interesting and good. We've had them in blinds and they fared well against stuff that was you know twice as old. The uh, the only other interesting rye I can think of I've had was the one from uh, Canada, Lot 40. Oh, yeah, that one was, was it really ele- good. It's 11, I think it's a 12 year. I, I, I enjoy that dry. But they have, they have one that they put out. They didn't put it in the States. It oh. was Canada only, 12 years, um, one, How, 10 or 115 proof. That, uh, that was that big, uh, and that, that came out uh, from a big that distillery. Uh, uh, the Canada. It, it's not MGP. It's something in Canada. No, it, there's a big, um, yeah. a big distillery in Canada which produces rye as well. Like, I'll come and back. Why can't minute. I? Why aren't? I can't believe we didn't mention that the Hochstadlers, the the vatted rye and the 16 year rye are really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that vatted rye for 40 bucks. That's a mix of four to 15 year whiskey. Is Really, really. I know I'm giving you more than five now, but that's that's fair. You know, there there's um, that 16 year is great, but it's a 200 dollars bottle. We did it blind against all the lock, stock, and barrel. So we did the the 13, 16, 18 year stock and barrel. We did the Hochschildler 16 uh, barrel strength with the vatted. The 16 year was my favorite. But that that vatted rye for forty bucks is so good. That mm-hmm. came in second for me, strong. Well, on rye, I mean, it's a tough question. I'm I'm sure folks have probably heard it before, but like the simple analogy I prefer for that is if you're looking at a highway and you ask somebody's preference for bourbon, it's probably in between the two yellow lines. You ask somebody their preference for rye, you're going to get the white lines. Maybe some shoulder or uh, feeder streets off the other half, but you're hitting that bump strip on the uh, side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is very so much, and it's the grains and, and other factors. But it it really is a day and night difference to say, do you think this is good bourbon? You'll get a much more level consensus. But a room of twenty people, you could have three rise that were day and night difference. Sure, yeah, that's that's with, the whole. Which, which one did you vote for? And you'll get you know seven hands for each. Yeah, that's that's the whole uh, kind of uh, different kinds of rye. But that's that's the fun with rye, really. Yeah. So let, let's move on here because there is a uh, there's a Boondoggler, which I love the name of this one. There's a Boondoggler whiskey. It's aged in five different barrels. It's still ninety proof, forty five percent ABV. This one was. Um, it's for me. The best way I could sum this up is sweet and smooth. Uh, yeah, uh, I would put it uh, one more sweet and spicy. It's it's a toffee character. So you when you are drinking this, you know, there, this is a treasure mystery. So it comes up, starts off with the bourbon because it's a blend of bourbon and a rye. 
it, it's a combined mash bill is 45 corn 45 rye and 10 percent malted barley um because that's what our mash bills are this is as close as mash bill i can um, tell you um then this goes we also use this is whiskey this is not bourbon uh so that's why it goes into a used bourbon barrels and it goes into used french oak barrels so what we'll do is we will use if we are doing a five barrel batch it will be a one american oak new one used bourbon barrels uh two french oak one would be a new french oak and one would be a wine used and one is a sherry cask so and that's then you the, combine them all together then we all combine it together so there's a lot of work which goes into making this boondoggler uh, if you go back to the history books where you look at it um, the original manhattan used to be called be called for 50 50 50 50 bourbon 50 rye to make a perfect Manhattan. That's what this does. This brings up that, um, uh, it makes a great Manhattan uh, or old fashioned. I mean, if you look at the cocktail world, you look at that cocktail world, uh, is, is, is that that character what you get? You know, you want, you want that spice, that the sweet, because you put a little bit of vermouth, uh, you put a little bitters. You want you want a, a, a product which holds up all these ingredients and bind up together and put it in a glass. It becomes a combination. When you put it out, it is just like a bouquet of everything into a glass. That's how I look at my cocktail. I don't look at my cocktail, which is whiskey going one way, vermouths, uh, all the ingredients are going other way. So I want everything to gel up as beautiful in a glass. It just becomes like a beautiful bouquet. What, what do you think about this one, Zeke? It's um, so it's interesting hearing that because throughout my notes I kind of had a a back and forth theme so to speak. All I knew was the five barrel finish, not necessarily what the barrels were, anything beyond that. Nose wise, I thought it had a, a a strong mint or fresh wood characteristic to it, slightly astringent again, some of that heat that I think was referenced, and then as I factored in the the aspects of finishing I thought that the nose seemed much more white wine over red and it just kind of the warmth dryness and a little bit of uh let's say heat that came off palette wise it seemed young at first there was a tad of noticeable corn uh, then it, it it was strangely just viscous I think it's the only thing we had that really thickened up um on the pallet well and I had this first thing out of the gate too so uh, I enjoyed even looking back at it the viscosity that was there as opposed to some of the other ones by the end of it I thought this seemed more red wine than white I think the thickness had a lot to do with that uh, and then even more as far as the, uh, the the back and forth battle finish wise it had back to a white wine warmth but then I guess the lingering uh, viscosity led me to think of the depth of a, a more of a red barrel something. Uh, and then a little corn came in on the back end for some sweetness that, that it wasn't unpleasant. And for you to actually like corn, that's a big deal. I say it was, uh, <clears throat> this was a hot, not necessarily a hot mess in a way, but 
Clearly, I, I went. It was a back, cornucopia of flavor. I went back and forth on what I thought was predominant over uh, in all three aspects. And I think that's something that we can appreciate, right? And and I, uh, this was probably one of my favorites out of what we've tried so far. Last but not least, being and I just want to make sure we say this: our friend Tarak down at Spring Hill. Uh, at Elixir Spirits, he actually has a pick. He is a filibuster pick right now. It is finished in X Grenache, 80% and 20% in Chardonnay barrels. It's a straight bourbon, age four to six years, 90 proof, 45% ABV. In, in drinking this one, it's the darkest out of the four that we're sitting here having. Um, you really, for me, I really, really taste that fruitiness of the wine. It's probably the most predominant. And, you know, just knowing that we have a lot to drink and, and knowing that we don't have a lot of time, Zeke, I've been letting you give the more detailed notes and I've kind of been giving a high-level experience overview. But this was a lot of just fruity wine for me. I, I got a lot of fruit on it. Um, just was an enjoyable finish, but it was a dark fruit wasn't a light fruit it was um you know the, those cherry notes those wine notes the i got more if if i was going back to your last comment about the boondoggler i get more of a red wine on this than i get a white wine well to be brief on this and uh the fact there's some french oak involved and the world cup just finished as well and viva, france won actually viva la france <laughs> um I don't know, the, the nose, everything about this nose and, and front in the palate, it just screams French oak to me, which not to knock American oak since we live here, but there is a drastic difference in, in certain products to me when you smell and get that French oak, you just know like that's a different type of wood. America. Hey. <laughs> on, on that note all we can really say is you know I we could sit here and talk to you for hours you've been a plethora of information and we would love to have you come back again if you're in Nashville so can we if we could get your commitment now I mean there's so much more we can talk about so many other aspects of the business side that we always like to get into I think the best way to sum it up though is that I think the filibuster brand, it's not going to be your typical whiskey in the sense of if you think you're going to have a straight bourbon and just get that bourbon taste, that's not what someone coming to your brand would be looking for. But if, if you like that, if you like something that's new, exciting, kind of pushing the envelope on what you can do instead of just sitting there, anybody can go get a barrel bourbon, just let it sit. But you guys are doing interesting things with them and taking that time to try to give us a different experience at a good price point, regardless of, um, you know, regardless of which one of these four we like the best, we didn't rank them. We'll, we'll do that another time. Um, it's something that I think people would really get a kick out of. And we always think about conversation starters, or I think about conversation starters. So what's a whiskey that you could sit around with four of your friends at a table and have a whiskey night and, and have a conversation about and say, 
what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I think this is definitely belongs at a lot of tables and a lot of whiskey nights to have that conversation about what whiskey can do and where whiskey can go. Yeah, that that's the whole point. As I said, I mean, I wanted to come up and give you an experience or uh, I mean, this is what I would like to give a customer an experience. This is this is all about experience. You know, drinking a whiskey with the friends is, is like a greatest gift you can have. Well, we thank you for the experience. Well, Zeke, do you have anything you want to close out one on? One more thing. As you said before, uh, I come to the Nashville. Uh, you know, I would like you guys to invite to our distillery. And uh, why don't you come uh, at our distillery and we can uh, um, actually do a big feature on production. We will we will happy to share on a YouTube uh, on, on, on one of your podcasts and, uh, you know, do a, a real two hours production process, you know, to show them. If you can hold that to Zeke's having another kid in September. Oh, wow. You in a rush. We we can't do anything now until a, a few we, months we, after. We, we don't get much uh, travel leeway. Okay. Uh, but if you can understand that. And, sure. and we have each other's number, so we will hold that thought. We are game. We just have to wait for a time where both Zeke, of us can get. Zeke can get uh, well, the dad duties out. Yeah. And worst case scenario, I'll I'll go without Zeke. Well, uh, I will uh, tee a couple of things back up in there if you want to lube her back in somehow. Yeah, no. I mean, good luck, Zeke. Um, <laughs> hopefully, on that note, thank you all for listening. Well, no. I, um, Put this in, however, but no. I, I think the something we didn't touch on and I had written down, and that's why I want to make sure I bring it up was only averaging a sixty days of finishing. I think is a point that really helps these out, and it gives enough flavor to extenuate it, but not be overbearing. Uh, John and I both had plenty of other. Uh, you know, finished products that set for months, not days. And we talked about earlier offline, especially as the proof diminishes and the longer the time it sits in that other barrel, it just gets so overwhelming and, and honestly not even enjoyable. There's at least been one or two John and I, you know, splurged on quote unquote. And it's been disappointing. We couldn't even finish the dram. I mean, it was bad. But I, I think the, the length of time yields something to where it imparts enough flavor to give a, a balance or a complexity, but you're not overwhelmed by finished in white wine, red wine, whatever it was. That, that's not the, the, the dominant flavor that just resonates throughout, which at least for me, I find that more times than not in a, that's why at this point, most things that say finish, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Somebody's got to pour this for me first or I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the whole. Um, I think so we had enough of time. So on a closing notes, I would like to thank you guys for having us, for having me. Um, you know, more importantly, this this product, enjoy with friends, family, because this is a true craft uh, a family product put in together you know it's it's a father and son's team who has worked hard to come up to to this point and, uh, and do it 
with the support of a family, my all all and my you guys family. were in 18 states and now you're going to be 21 20, 21 we are in 21 states and um hoping to get into a couple of new states by end of this year so your hard work is paying off and and for those of us out there that like to support local family business you know for 21 states of you it's now local yeah and the only only way we work hard is just have to buy shoes every three months <laughs> hey, if you're, any, if you're anywhere um, b- below the Mason Dixon line, etc., right now, and you're uh, it's too hot for bourbon, which is the case I'm in most days, I will say their gin I've actually probably drank more of than anything else in this table. It, it's going to look a little cloudy when you see it in the bottle, but it's because it's finished in uh, yeah, actually, American oak. Yeah, we didn't touch about gin at all. Uh, <laughs> we, we, it, I, just, it just gives everybody a little teaser for what you're going to come back for. No, it's, where it's, where it's, else can the folks find you, by the way? Um, you can actually find us. Uh, the best way is go to our website, philipbusterbourbon.com, uh, and somebody who wants to buy online can go to modernliquors.com. Um, they ship uh, almost everywhere except few states, which are control states. Um, and uh, support your local liquor stores. That's that would be my far and uh, most important. Um, in Nashville, I have a list of it, which I can give it to you, or you can find it on uh, on our retail stores. Um, some of the, I mean, it's Elixir Carruthers. I know I've seen it at uh, Midtown Wine and Spirits. I know I've seen it at Frugal McDougal. There's a, a good number of places in the area, I believe. I've seen it at Main Street, Wine and Liquors. Vintage Wines, Radnor, Wine and Spirits, Red yep. Spirits and Wine. Yep. So these are these all have a barrel pick as well. This is all, uh, I don't have the details on what finishes they all have, but uh, they pretty much have uh, the finishes. You know, support your liquor store, local stores, because it's a lot of hard work which these guys put in. Uh, they take risk with us. So please, please, please go enjoy and uh, give your reviews. If it's bad, uh, that would be the most important. Give us your feedback, what you didn't like it, so that we can go back to the drawing book, work hard, and, and uh, get that corrected. That would be the most important factor for me rather than good thumbs up can everybody give it, but uh, give us, us your negative feedbacks and, and what bad it is so we can correct that. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Zeke. The folks can find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Find us on Facebook at Dads Drinking Bourbon. Find us on Instagram at Dads Drinking Bourbon. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcast provider, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podknife, whatever you're trying to find, uh, all those other podcast aggregators. You can find us on there. Please leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you like us. really helps when people are trying to find a new podcast. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Well, they can still find us on Instagram. Like you mentioned, we have the uh, the question feature now, so fire anything off. And That's only if we post a question. Oh, sorry. I'm not technically savvy. So In that case, you can always find us in Nashville, Tennessee. Always happy to share pours. Just uh, give us a little bit of notice. We can try and arrange our uh, home schedules. 
Jesus, Zeke, my kid's going to get up at four hours. Get get to the point. That's your fault, not mine. Oh, Mine sleeps like a beast. I read better stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good night. Cheers. Good night. Cheers. Ciao.